I want us to read, and those of you who went to church this week in revival meeting some with us will maybe be familiar. I want us to read in the book of Ruth in chapter number one, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles. I want to kind of pick up where Brother Pace preached this week and finish up what he did not tell us about. And uh, that's hard to do because when he preaches a message on something, he usually leaves very few stones unturned or uncovered. Uh, and really some of the finest preaching on Monday night. I got to go and hear him and on Wednesday night and I heard much of Tuesday nights on the um, on the live stream watching it online and uh, I did get to see him preach the sign off the wall. The exit sign on the wall over here on the side wall. He's preaching wide open like a man with his hair on fire and the exit sign fell off the wall and hit the ground. And, uh, of course, uh, he sort of giggled a little bit, which is really something for Brother Pace because he doesn't giggle or laugh while he's preaching at all. It's very, very serious. He sort of laughed a little bit and said, I suppose that means I'm really preaching tonight if I preach the sign off the wall. And, I mean, the sign just fell off. Nobody over there, nobody touching it. It just fell off the wall. I imagine the vibration. There's a speaker there close to it. The vibration from that speaker probably just enough over the years, little by little by little, those screws getting a little looser, a little looser. And while he was preaching the other night, the sign just came off the wall and hit the ground. <laughs> In the preaching, he preached the sign off the wall. I've been around where he preached the paint off the wall. And he preached the sign off the wall the other night. Great preaching. But I, I want to he had preached in this first chapter of the book of Ruth on Monday evening. And was preaching in the book of Ruth on Tuesday. I forget which chapter it was that he was dealing with on Tuesday night. But the Lord directed my heart to these verses in verses 16 through 18 of chapter 1 of Ruth while he was working on the earlier part of this chapter on Monday night and have been studying on it, thinking about it all week. And I'll share with you a very simple thought this morning, nothing deep, complex, nothing hard for you to get a hold to or remember this morning, just something I think is important for us from the word of the Lord. Ruth chapter 1 and in verse number 16, if you're able and willing, I would invite you to stand in reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Ruth chapter number 1 and in verse number 16, the word of the Lord says, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw, that is, when Naomi saw, that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking, Unto her. Our text is found in verse 18, and we'll use these three verses as our uh, sermon, the whole message this morning. The, the scripture said when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, we're preaching this morning on this simple thought I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. You can be seated. Thank you for standing with us while I read the word of the Lord. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Now Ruth and Orpah were bitterly burdened widows, returning with the widowed and childless Naomi from Moab to Bethlehem, Judah. 
Naomi was despairing of hope and told them to go back and give up on her. I'm an old woman. I have no husband. I have no home. I have no hope. As Brother Pace preached on Monday night, I have no possibility of ever having more sons and a larger family for you girls to be a part of. And just go back home and be with your own people and your own kinfolks and live your own lives. And just go ahead and don't worry about me and leave me. And Orpah did just exactly that. But Ruth had a totally different response in our text here this morning. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and the Bible said they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. It seemed that both of them had the same emotion about the circumstance as they both lifted up their voices. They both wept. They both clutched one another and they had a time of embrace and a time of love. But it was for Orpah, it was a sad goodbye. But for Ruth, she said, all right, I'll say goodbye as well, but it'll be goodbye to Orpah because I'm going with Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah. And she clave unto her mother-in-law. Now this cleaving unto her is literally to hold on tightly. It is to embrace and not let go. I can see Naomi saying, just go on home now. Orpah's leaving and she's going. You go too. And she's holding on to her with both hands. And she said, I'm not going to go. But you got to go, hon. Just go on back. I'm too old. I can't help you. I can't even take care of myself. She says to her in verse 15, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And finally, Ruth has had enough. She has listened to all she's going to stand of it. And she cleaves unto Naomi and holds her with both hands, looks her in the eye and says, I've made up my mind. I'm going back with you. I've made up my mind. Don't try to talk me into going back to the world. Don't try to talk me out of going to Jerusalem or to Bethlehem, Judah. Don't try to talk me out of serving God. Don't try to talk me out of being with you. I have made up my mind. Oh, how we need some folks today that are getting the same frame of mind where Ruth was. I've made up my mind. Amen. And really there are two things, and then there's a bunch of things about those two things. There are two things that her statement tells us here. First of all, the first thing is, I'm not leaving. I've made up my mind, I am not leaving. She had followed Naomi after hearing her and her family talk about Bethlehem, Judah. And she was just not going to leave this believer who knew about the ways of the Lord. She said, I'm not leaving. Entreat me not to leave thee. Entreat me not to leave thee. Quit telling me to go home. I'm not leaving. And number two, she says, I'm not going back where I came from. I'm not leaving and I'm not going back where I came from. Anybody that's ever been saved by the race of God this morning in the building today ought to make up your mind about those same things. I'm not leaving. 
And I'm not going back where I came from. There was nothing to go back to. There was no need to return back to Moab. In verse 18, she made it clear. I'm staying put. I have made up my mind. And I will agree with Ruth this morning. I have made up my mind. And now in these verses, she made it very clear. She had made up her mind, first of all, about the route she would take. Had made up her mind about the route in verse 16. She said, where thou goest, I will go. Where thou goest, I will go. Ruth had made up her mind about the way. She had gone the way of the heathen. She had gone the way of the world. She had gone the way of the idolaters in Moab. She had lived in the way of the God-haters. And she made up her mind to cast her lot in to go God's way with God's people. All she had known, listen, it's not because she looked from the sidelines and all she could see and know was blessings and benefits and dancing in the clover and enjoying good times. All she knew about the way of God. All my friend was discouragement and death and division. They had buried her husband and her brother-in-law and her father-in-law and she was a, a barren and a broken and burdened and bittered widow. Oh, but my friend, she said, I'm still going with God. I have made up my mind about that route. I've made up my mind that it's the best way. Now listen to me when Ruth said, I entreat me not leave neither thee, neither return from following after thee. Where thou goest, I will go. She's saying the best day with the devil is not as good as the worst day with God. I've made up my mind about the way. It may be rocky road all the way from here to the grave. It may be trouble the rest of my way. It may be heartaches and despair and woe over me. But praise God, I've made up my mind. I'm staying in this way. Oh, I'm glad I'm in the way, the glory land way. It is a good way. It is the right way. It is the holy way. It is the old time way. It is the blessed way. It is the best way. And it is the chosen way. I've cast my lot in on this way. And I have made up my mind. Hallelujah. And so if mama don't go, I'm going anyway. And if daddy doesn't go, I'm going anyway. And if you won't go, I'd like for you to come and go with me. But if you don't go, I'm going anyway. I've made up my mind about the way. Whither thou goest, I will go. She hadn't made up her mind about the route. She hadn't made up her mind about the refreshment. She said, whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Naomi, it seemed, had no place to lodge at all. She had left her home in Bethlehem, gone to a place in Moab, Stayed 10 years, lost everything there. After her 10 year sojourn, has headed back to Bethlehem where she has nothing. She's like Clarence the Frogman Henry. She ain't got a home. Had no place to roam. She ain't got a home. Some of y'all old enough to remember that, and I'm not supposed to be old enough to remember that. Have the Clarence the Frogman Henry sung that homeless song, said he was a lonely frog, and he didn't have a home. Here Naomi is. She didn't have home. She didn't have a place to lodge. She had nowhere really to go back to in Bethlehem. 
But, but my friend, Ruth looked at her and said, wherever it is you do lie down at night, that's the same place I'm going to be. Where you are refreshed, that's where I'll be refreshed. Where you lodge, that's where I will lodge. Both of these are widows without a home, but wherever she lies, it would be the same place Ruth committed to lodge. There are primarily three things that are important in a lodging place. When Brother Andy and I Head out for a revival meeting somewhere to stay away from home. How we're not real terribly particular about where we stay. Sometimes churches are nice enough to put us up in really, really super nice places. And sometimes we stay in places that maybe are not quite as nice. But that's not terribly important to us. How we just need three things more than anything else in those places. Well, I'd like to also add Wi-Fi in there. But there's also three primary things. If I'm going to get any work done, I need some Wi-Fi. But the rest of it's really just three things that's important about a lodging place. It is a place to get clean, number one. I need a place to take a bath. I need a shower. I need facilities to get refreshed by getting clean. Number two, I need a place to eat where I can sit down, where I can fill my belly, where I can be refreshed and fed. And I need a place to sleep. Those are the three most important things when it comes to a lodging place. A place to get clean, a place to eat, and a place to sleep. And Ruth said wherever you do those things is where I'm going to do those things. Oh, my friend, the lodging place is a likeness of the house of God. Ruth had made up her mind that she would be cleansed and fed and that she would rest like the people of God. I'm going to be cleansed like God's people by the washing and the renewal of the Word of God. I'm going to be fed like God's people. I'm going to eat of the manna that never runs out. I am dwelling in Beulah land. I'm feasting on the manna of a bountiful supply. I'm dwelling in Beulah land. And then she says, I'm going to rest like the people of God. My soul has found a resting place not in device nor creed. I trust the living one whose wounds for me did bleed. I've made up my mind about refreshment. You want to know what makes me feel refreshed? In a world that's full of turmoil and trouble and sin and wickedness and rebellion and anarchy that abounds on every side when communism breathes like a fiery dragon, the likes of which we've not seen since I was a little boy. And make no mistake about it, that's what we are seeing in our generation and our day. Don't be diverted by all the other things that the wizards of smart would put out in our time and looking up the sleeve of the magician while he pulls the strings. Communism is raising its ugly head again. The bear has run out of the woods and shown his teeth and ass and anarchy and communism and fascism and Nazism and socialism and statism and every other my friend system of government power has the same motive all they do when they compete with each other is to see who gets to be in charge and it is communism and statism raising its ugly head and when I need rest and refreshment from this old troubled world I find it in the resting place of the house of God it is here that I find rest and I find help and I find comfort I remember when I was a boy hearing those preacher men especially those of my elder years those 
that we're up on in age some uh, uh, preaching about the, the circumstances that were going on behind the iron curtain in those days and in the days past uh, I have a special interest in that how many of my family most of my ancestors on one side of my family were brought up on the wrong side of the iron curtain they were brought up on the wrong side uh, of Nazism and communism and fascism they knew what it was to be pushed out on the battlefield and my friend risked their lives for rulers who hated their guts and starved their people and they understood what that was about so don't tell me how and my friend that I don't understand how warm and fuzzy and these socialists and these communists are and what good intentions they have they don't have good intentions their way is wicked it always has been it always will be it is anti-God anti-church anti-Bible anti-you and me they hate you they hate me they hate what we stand for and it is ridiculous that we've given them any and my friends shrivel of an audience in this land in which we dwell and when I feel like I'm fed up all the way to my eyeballs with the the decadence and the human depravity that's going on in our land and I need somehow to get some help from my soul and I seem like I can't find it anywhere oh my friend thank God if I can ever get to the sanctuary if I can ever get to the church house if I can ever get to this place I find what my soul is hungering for and the refreshment that I need I remember hearing those old preacher men preach about the days of behind the iron curtain when the church was meeting underground and my friend again and again they would be oppressed by communist forces I remember that church house of years past my friend in kind of Soviet Union and the communist soldiers coming to the door each one they told them as they had stopped up and bottled up the entrances and the exits they said you can exit out of this building one way and they said we have a picture of your Christ we have a painting of your Christ your Messiah onto the porch of this church and if you'll simply exit out this door and spit upon it and denounce your faith you can go home unbothered and unfair with troubles but we're shutting this down oh but one after one some would come by and spit on that picture and walk on home having done what they were told having done what they were commanded oh but this little girl comes out the door sees a spit on the face of that painting and she takes the skirt tail of her dress and wipes a spit off of his precious face and she kisses it and said I can't spit on it what I'm saying is just a picture sweetheart just go on home it's just a picture it doesn't really mean anything she said it might not mean anything to you but I can't spit on it oh he's the one that saved my soul he's the one that birthed me and his family oh praise his dear name. I have made up my mind. I made up my mind that the place of refreshment at the house of the Lord is a place where I found out how to be clean. When my heart was dirty, I found out how to be clean here. (laughs) Oh, bless his dear name. Oh, when I was hungry, I got fed here. When I was tired, I found rest here. I made 
opened my mind about refreshment with the people of God. Amen. About the round, I've made up my mind about refreshment. I've made up my mind about the relations. She said, where there lodges, I will lodge. And then she said, your people will be my people. Amen. Your people will be my people. Your relations will be my relations. Ruth didn't even know these people. She didn't even know those uh, folks she was committing to. Uh, she knew she wanted to be among them because they had a great, big, wonderful God. Uh, oh, praise the Lord. And she said, I made up my mind about the relations. Your people will be my people. Oh, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. She knew she wanted to be among them. Oh, how I love the people of God. I've never hated God's people. I know some folks have hated the church. Many still despise the church. I love the people of God. I've found them to be the best friends that I have ever had. I love God's precious people. I've never hated them. And I've always wanted to be a part of their fellowship. And I've made up my mind. And I'm glad that I'm one of them today. Amen. Hallelujah. It is nigh impossible to get in preaching gear and stop and sing a little bit. It's nigh impossible. And the longer that I go, the closer it becomes impossible for me to sing at all. But I feel like I need to sing a little while this morning. And so I'm going to try to get in singing gear here in just a minute now. I'm glad I'm one of them today. How I came to love these pilgrims is to me. A great surprise and the way the Lord has led me is a wonder in my eyes. Well, I never thought I'd be one, but I'm happy now to say that although I used to hate them, I am one of them today. How about you this morning? I mean, do you remember the time when you didn't know the Lord and that crowd at the church? Some of you thought that's the craziest bunch I've ever seen in my life. You thought if I ever do become something different than what I am, I'm not becoming one of them. I mean, that's the crowd that I don't want to be a part of. Why, they're bonafide loony tunes. Some of you in the building this morning, the first time you came to this church, you thought, my soul, I've never seen such craziness in my life. And I don't know that I ever want to go back there again but then listen the thing you thought was the craziest was when they started to worship the Lord and people started to sing and to praise God and that crazy preacher turned red and purple and shouted and screamed and folks run to the altar and wept and prayed and raised their hands and shouted hallelujah and you said I can't go back and see none of that again and what it was that drew you back was not some intellect that I shared with you in the message it was not, my friend, the great building facilities. It surely was not stained glass windows because we don't have any. Oh no, my friend, that there was something in the sound of that sound. There was something in that rejoicing. There was something in that love for God. There was something in the very thing that you despised, that you mocked, that you thought was far out, that you thought was uncalled for. And you said, I've got to go back and find out what it is that's going on. What's all all that shouting about as I heard Brother Mays preach about earlier this week. Praise God, there was something in that that said, I gotta go back and find out for myself. Amen. 
You know what happened to you, don't you? Well, I knew the world despised them, so I said, "Twould never do. I would lose my reputation if I joined that noisy crew." Then I heard in tones of thunder, "You must surely go their way." I am not ashamed to own it. I am one of them today. Well, I'm glad I ever found them, for they led me in the right. I made up my mind that I'm going to stay among them, ever walking in the light. And someday I'll join their numbers over on the other shore. It is said, old hallelujah, I'm a pilgrim evermore. Now I feel constrained to tell it how I love this narrow way. I am not ashamed to own it. I am one of them today. I have made up my mind about the relations. And so this morning she made up her mind about the route, about the refreshment, about the relations. She made up her mind about the ruler. She said, not only will your people be my people, but your God is going to be my God. Her decision was not about religion. It was not about ritual. It was not about repetition. It was not about a rule book. It was not about regulation. But it was about the ruler. Oh, what we're trying to introduce to people today is not some ritualistic religious practice or rules and regulation. But it is the ruler, the Lord Jesus. What you need to know is you need to know Jesus. What this whole world needs is Jesus. And I made up my mind that I'm staying with God. Your God is going to be my God. I made up my mind about the ruler. I'm going to say, Serve the Lord and go with God. About the route, I've made up my mind about the refreshment. I've made up my mind about the relations. I've made up my mind about the ruler. She said, thy God will be my God. Notice the next phrase. I've made up my mind about the retirement. She said, and where thou diest, I will die. Where thou diest, will I die. But she's made up her mind about the retirement. Ruth had made up her mind. When she gets old, she's going to get old. I'm going to old age with the people of God. Where you die, I'm going to die. When she says that, that does not mean that when Naomi dies, she's going to die. That she doesn't mean if Naomi, being an old woman, dies before her, she's going to commit suicide. And right there on the spot, she's going to kill over with her. That she's saying to her, where you grow old is the same place that I'm going to grow old. Your people, your land, have that final resting place. That's where I'm going to be. I've cast my lot in. I'm not going to quit when you go when you die, I'm not going back to. I'm not going back to Moab. I'm going to. 
just keep on keeping on until I retire, until I end this race, until I leave this old world. I've seen people who have backslid on God, lived outside of His will and grew old and alone and bitter without fellowship with the church and it's a sad state of affairs and it does not have to be that way. But if I get to be an old man, I have made up my mind. I'm going to be an old man while I love the Lord and while I love God's people. Hallelujah. I have never been convinced I'd live to be an old man. I still am not totally convinced, but I am getting closer. Amen. Oh, but praise God, if I get to live to be an old man, I will live to be an old man still in love with Jesus and still in love with God's people and still in love with this good old-fashioned way. I have made up my mind. I'm retiring in it. Amen. And this is the last thing. Oh, praise God. When I have given up working in this world, when I have given up some of the things that people through age and time have to give up, when I've quit jumping out of the loft of the barn and all those silly things that I do that I probably already ought not to do, when all of those things have been put aside, when things of this old world have caused my flesh to be demanded to slow down, the thing that I'll never give up is serving Him and loving Him and living for Him. I intend to die in this way with my boots on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I've made up my mind about the retirement. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Where thou diest, will I die. And I got one more and I'm going to quit. I've made up my mind about the rest. Hallelujah. She said, I'm not retiring in a rest home. She said, where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. Sort of sounds like my grand, how my granddaddy used to say. He'd say, rest, tired. You can rest when you're dead. Amen. That's what he'd say. You can rest when you're dead. Oh, she said, after I die, where you get buried, that's where I'm going to be buried. Right there in the same place. And now you might say, well, what's the big deal, preacher? She's going to be in the same cemetery as Naomi. That's not a big deal at all. Being in the same cemetery as Naomi. But that's not what she's talking about. My friend, what she's saying is the same hope, the same intent, the same promise that you will lay your body down in the sod with. That's the same one that I'm going to lie down with. Oh, makes me think about going through. My friend going through the cemeteries time and again and seeing that phrase on the uh, on the uh, headstones of one person after another in sincere hope of the resurrection. In sincere hope of the resurrection. In sincere hope of the resurrection. Oh, praise God. I have made up my mind. We're going to lay down this natural body and have sincere hope of a glorified body to be raised again and to my friend to be delivered up unto the Lord. It is labor. It is a hard work. It is working until Jesus comes or until we go. But praise God, there is rest on the other side of Jordan. Some of these days I'm going home where no 
of sorrows ever come will soon be done with troubles and trials and land of, of all the heartache pain and care and there'll be none of that known there and I'm gonna sit down beside of my Jesus I'm gonna sit down and rest for a while oh I'm telling you in our land of unrest our land of upheaval it ought to cause us to be encouraged in God matter of fact it makes me want to jump about a foot and a half high and run a country mile I could be reminded that we're going to a land where none of that ever happens where there will be rest where we can sit on the side of the river where we can talk it all over with Jesus where we can rest a little while and what a day that day is going to be and I've made up my mind hallelujah you see the saints of God who have gone on are not in the cemetery. I don't know if y'all know that or not. But now you do. The saints of God who have gone on are not in the cemetery. Oh yes, their bodies have returned unto dust, dust from whence they came, but their spirits unto God which gave it. That's what the word of the Lord says. And to be absent from the body. You know why the Bible says that they're absent from the body? Because they're not in that body. The body is in the cemetery, but they're not in the cemetery. To be absent from the body. Well, if they're not in the body, where are they? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see where they're is the same place where I'm going to rest. I've made up my mind. I'm going to heaven. If anybody, everybody, or nobody goes with me, I'm going anyway. And would to God you just come along and let's go together. And let's serve the Lord all the way while we go. Hallelujah. But where I rest, where you rest, if you're saved, that's where I'm going to rest as well. Hallelujah. Brother John, if you're born again, where you're going to be buried, that's where I'm going to be buried. That body may be laid in separate places. I don't care if we share the same burial plot. It wouldn't make any difference to me because I won't be in the thing. Oh, but if you're saved and I'm saved, we're going to the same place of rest together. And one of these days, them bodies is coming up out of the ground. And bone will come to bone, flesh come to flesh. And it won't be natural body, be super supernatural. It won't be mortal and be immortal. Won't you, my friend, be laid in dishonor, but it'll be raised in honor. Won't be in the likeness of Adam, but it'll be in the likeness of Christ. And we'll be like Jesus. We'll be with Jesus. We'll forever be with Jesus. And I've made up my mind, I'm a Hallelujah. And I'm so, I heard brother, brother Edgar Thomas say this years ago, and it's just right. I'm so sure I'm going to heaven because of God's marvelous grace that if you get to heaven and figure out I'm not there, you look around twice because you have landed in the wrong spot. Amen. I'm telling you, I am sure that I'm going to heaven because of His marvelous grace. Hallelujah to His dear and precious name. I woke up in the middle of the night this last night dreaming about the glory world. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. 
dreaming about going on singing in my in my sleep singing about that lamb that is fairer than me and by faith we can see it afar Woo! and the father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore I'm telling you I am on my way I've made up my mind I've made up my mind about the rest we're on our way home this morning Woo! hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah we'll lay down to this old natural body and have sincere hope of a glorified body to be raised again. Yes, On yesterday, I had I had my little Bible, the small one. It's actually the Bible that uh, Gracie's kindergarten teacher gave to her when she graduated from kindergarten. And I sort of borrowed it permanently and used it as my funeral Bible. It's the one I preach all the funerals from because it's small enough I can just put it in my hand and still get around fellowship with people, do the things I need to do. It's a little different than carrying around this preaching Bible that's so, so large and, and at this point frail and flimsy and falling apart. And so I carry that little Bible with me. And I have in it, Brother John, card after card and uh, obituary after obituary and notes that I've scribbled down of things that I wanted to say or songs that I needed to sing or order of service for a funeral here and there. And yesterday had another memorial service here. And my notes were all in. I looked through this one and that one. And the ones which said farewell to over the years. Had to bookmark him there from Bonnell Shad's funeral and from, uh, from uh, lots of them over the years. And my granddaddy was, was in there and Ginger's moms was in there. Had to just a whole bunch of them in that same Bible. Had Patricia Powers was in there. Oh, hallelujah. But I looked across those bookmarks and I thought, well, one day it'll be more than a bookmark. Hallelujah. One day it'll more than be more than an Olin Mills photo. One day it'll be more than a memory. And my friend, a blessed hope. One day it'll be more than faith. It will be reality. It will be sight. There'll be a glad reunion day. I've made up my mind. Hallelujah. Oh, praise his dear name. I've made up my mind. I'm on my way home. Hallelujah. What do you mean, Ruth is saying, tell me to go back home? I ain't made it home yet. I'm just on my way. Hallelujah. Don't tell me to come back where I came from. I'm going where I need to be. I'm headed home. I'm headed home. Ain't nothing in the world can stop me now. I'm headed home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've made up my mind about the rest. Oh my. I finished preaching. I got to just stop right here. When Naomi saw she had made up her mind, she just stopped telling her to go back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on with a song, please. I'm going to say something this morning that... Uh, not like you hadn't already figured out that I need to that I always say stuff you ought to put your seatbelt on about. But I'm going to say something right here this morning about that. Some of you, your family still, your friends still, your buddies still are always telling you to turn around and go back. Telling you to give up on serving God, 
to quit loving the Lord, that there's no use for you to stop it, for you to give in, for you to give up. And I'm going to tell you something. This is not 100% true. But the reason why some of your relatives, friends, neighbors, and whatever else continue to tell you to go back is because they have not seen truly that you've made up your mind not to. You appear to still be waffling on the issue. You appear to still be not completely settled, at least to them. And you're going to have to make up your mind. And then when you get your mind made up, until they see, in verse 18, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her. That's the part that grabbed me this week. She left off speaking to her. That doesn't mean she quit talking to her. That means she quit talking to her about it. She quit telling her going back home whenever she saw that it was no use. My granddaddy had said something like this. You can't tell that girl nothing. I've quit trying. You can't tell her nothing. Y'all know anybody like that? If you don't, you probably are that person. You can't tell her anything. She won't listen. You know why? She made up her mind. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change my mind. Brother John, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But there used to be a time not with meanness or with malice, but there used to be a time as close as you and your daddy are when he'd ask her, are you really serious about this? I mean, really, this church business, this God business, this Jesus business, I mean, are you serious? All this religion, are you really serious about this? You sure you don't want to come play golf on Sunday? We need somebody else in the force, and I'm sure we could really have a good scramble if you'd come help us because you'd really hit them long ones been a long time but there was a time you know when it quit when he saw that you made your mind up yes. hallelujah yes. and now he don't say brother John are you serious you want to go that way he gets up close to him and says things like uh, you know they're going to have that quartet convention in Pigeon Forge with all them gospel singers up there and I've never been to something like that what do you think reckon we we reckon we ought to go together and hear them gospel singers sing at that quartet convention you know what happens whenever they see you have made up your mind instead of arguing with you to get you to change course they'll start to waffle a little themselves to figure out whether they're going to make up their own mind as to whether or not they might just go where you're going amen <laughs> oh my some of you this morning, the real problem you have is not from the pressure from others. It's somebody down in here that you're still struggling with. Sometimes he's reaching out there for the world. Sometimes he's reaching out there for God. And you need to settle it in your heart. You need to make up your mind. I'm going with God. I'm going with God. Everybody stand. I've tried to preach. I've done a pitiful job this morning. Not been able to say what I wanted to say, but I've given you all that I can. I'm settled to go this way. 
I'm, I'm headed continuing unthrottled toward heaven. Brother Mays Jackson said the other night when I was listening to him in the car with the children, I was letting him hear the old time preacher man that preached the night that mama got saved. And I said, y'all hear that old preacher man? He's the one that was preaching the night that your mama got saved when she was a little girl. And he told them, said, hallelujah, I'm glad I'm saved. And I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. Praise God, that's the crowd I'm running with. I'm glad I know the Lord. If you've not made up your mind this morning, today is the day to come and get things right with the Lord. She's going to sing for us if you need to pray. The invitation is put forth. Please be obedient to the Lord. Started out to walk in the light, shining upon me from heaven. So bright, I made this world and its follies anew, friend. I started.
Yes, victory. Let the powers of sin assail. Heaven's grace can never fail. Victory. Oh, victory. I'm so glad I know something about victory in Jesus. Amen.